Welcome to At the Crossroads Church weekly podcast. Our hope is that you will grow in your walk with God and be blessed and encouraged in your daily lives as you listen. You can visit us at our website at atthecrossroads.ca. Good morning at the Crossroads Church. This is Pastor Travis. I'm here to share the Word of God with you on April 26th. And we're just believing God to speak to us in a powerful way today. Let's, let's open in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, that your word has the power to change us, has the power to encourage us, has the power to strengthen us. Father, I ask God that you'd speak to us, empower us and change us today in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Well, I want to start this morning just summarizing what we talked about last week. The title of my message last week was The Assignment. If you haven't had a chance to see it, you can go and watch it. We have a copy of it on our website and on YouTube as well. But last week we spoke about the assignment. And it was out of the book of Habakkuk. Habakkuk was given the assignment, the assignment of going to the watchtower and praying. And we took from that message in Habakkuk and we related it to our lives and where we are right now during this time. And so I'm going to go over those five points because I think it's crucial and important. So here's the assignment. Right now as we're in seclusion and we're in our own homes, I think these five things are important. Number one, meet regularly with the Lord in prayer. Habakkuk said, I will climb up to my watchtower. So we have to have a place of prayer, a place where we can actually spend time with the Lord. And we have to have the perspective of a tower because from a tower, we're able to see, uh, we, we can see the landscape of what's ahead of us and also attack that's coming against us. And so God wants us to be watchfully praying in this season from our watchtower. Number two, look for God to speak to you in dreams and vision. Habakkuk says, I will wait to see. So Habakkuk was expecting the Lord to speak to him. And I'm here to say to you now that in this season, if you'll take time to pray, you can expect God to speak to you. God wants to talk to you and he has a plan for your life. And if you'll make time to pray, look and see, God will speak. Number three, when he speaks, okay, Habakkuk says he will surely answer. And so when the Lord speaks, listen to the word of the Lord. This is point number three. Whatever he says, you can do it because he's faithful and he will give you a faithful word. Number four, write your answer plainly. Okay, this is where God's starting to give instruction to Habakkuk. He says, write down the vision, make it plain. Now, here's it's very important at this time. I believe that you keep a journal, that you write down what God is speaking to you in this hour, because God's going to give you strategic plans, strategic strategy for your marriage, for your family, you know, for your career, uh, for outreach and evangelism. God will begin to speak to you in the season. And number five, it will surely come to pass is what the word of the Lord was to Habakkuk. Wait, number five, wait for God to bring it to pass. Okay, count it all joy, James says, when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith does what? It produces patience. It will come to pass. Okay, so hold on to the promise that God gives you. So you'd say, Pastor, uh, what am I supposed to be praying about? Maybe that's a question you have. I really believe this is a time of self-reflection. Okay, now when you hear the word self-reflection, you might be thinking, okay, I got to go before God and look for, like, is there sin in my life? Where am I missing it? 
you know, uh, what's wrong with me? Okay, I'm not talking about that, okay? God, God is merciful, God is gracious, and if there's sin in your life, you definitely need to go before the Lord and repent, okay? That, that's a given. But that's not specifically what I'm talking about. I believe it's a season to reflect what we value most in our hearts. What do we value most in our hearts? And I'm going to give you two words, and we're going to talk about those two things, okay? The first word here is tangible. The second word is intangible, okay? So there's two specific things. There's things that are tangible. Things that are tangible are things that you can actually touch, Okay, so your car is tangible, your house is tangible, you know, uh, this computer is tangible, the clothes I'm wearing is tangible. So things that are tangible are possessions that we acquire. And how many know that we need tangible things, right? But we need to understand that tangible things are also temporary things. Tangible things will not last forever. I've, you've heard me say this before. Some of you have heard me say this before. I've never in all my years of ministry seen a U-Haul following a hearse. It just doesn't happen. When you, when you move from this earth to eternity, you can't bring your tangible possessions with you. They're only here for a season to help you live a, a life. But they're only temporary. So if tangible is something that you can touch, intangible is something you cannot touch. Faith is intangible. You can't touch it. But, but it has substance. All right. Compassion and care is something that's intangible, but you can't touch it. But the thing with things that are intangible, even though you can't physically touch them, you can feel it in your heart. You can understand the things that are intangible and it can be felt in the heart. OK, and, and here, here's the thing. Here's the thing. It's possible as humans, to be so focused on things that are tangible that our hearts stop feeling the intangibles, all right? And, and here's the thing. In times of prosperity, in times of wealth, and when God's blessing is upon the nation, even in Scripture in Israel, but even today, when God's blessing is upon us and we have all the tangible, we have cars and houses and boats and cottages, and, and, and we have all of these possessions, it's very possible that our heart moves away from the things that are most important, which are the things that are intangible. And I think in this season now that God wants us to, to refocus on what's really important, and that is the things that are intangible. Because the things that are intangible are eternal. The tangible things are temporal, but the things that are intangible are eternal. And we get so focused on the tangible that our heart gets cold and we can't feel the intangible anymore. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 18 to 19, it says, Having their understanding darkened, now Paul's speaking about unbelieving, okay, unbelievers. He says, Having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God. Why? Because of their ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness of their heart. Okay, so, so, so I want you to slow down and think about this. Because of the blindness of their heart, who being past feeling. So their heart is no longer feeling because of their blindness. 
having given themselves over to lewdness to work all uncleanness with greediness. They got their focus on that which is tangible and their heart stopped feeling what was most important, the thing that is intangible. And this, this is what can happen if, if, we don't, if we don't search our hearts, if we don't self-reflect, okay? There are two things that are competing for your heart at all times, that which is tangible and that which is intangible. And so you have two bank accounts. You have a bank account that, that's being uh, deposited into, and that's the things that are tangible. You're getting, you know, uh, a new car. You're getting a new house. You're getting new clothes. You're getting, you know, you're getting stuff. Things that are tangible are being put into that account. But at the same time, we have to make sure that what's being deposited in the other account, the intangibles, is also being filled. All right? Why is this important? Only the intangibles, that which is understood and touched in the heart, okay, Touch, that touches the heart, the, the intangibles have value in eternity. There's eternal value in the intangibles. The tangibles, the things we receive, they're temporal to help us in our journey of faith, to help us in our journey of life. It's the blessing of God, but we need to focus on that which is eternal. Jesus talks about this, and we're going to look at that together in Matthew chapter 6, verse 19 to 21. I'm reading out of the New King James Version. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, tangibles, where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, the intangibles, where moth or rust cannot destroy, where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. All right, now we're going to skip down to verse 31 in Matthew chapter 6, verse 31 to 34. Jesus says, Therefore do not worry, saying, What shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? So don't worry about tangible things, okay? For after all these things the Gentiles seek. They're going after it. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things, and look what he says. But seek first the kingdom of God, which is intangible, and his righteousness, which is intangible, and all these tangible things shall be added unto you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Okay? And so here, from this scripture, we see God's way. Say God's way. Okay? God's way is this. He wants us to have ambition. He wants us to go after and seek, okay, for the intangibles, okay? And this will always make way for the tangibles. As we seek first the kingdom of God, all these things, tangible things, will be added unto us. That's God's way. Now, the world's way would say, you need to have ambition for the tangibles. You, you know, you got you to have the nicest car. You have to have the biggest house. You, you know, you have to have a cottage. And you have to have, you know, the best job. You know, you just have to have, have, have. And it's the tangible things that matter. Okay? And so the world system says, you have to have ambition for the tangible, even at the expense of that which is 
intangible. Relationships, good marriage, you know, joy and peace in your life, purpose, destiny, all the things that are intangible but carry with them great, great blessing. And there's a shaking going on. And God wants us as his people to return back to depositing into the right bank account, the bank account of intangibles, spending time in his presence, spending time in the word, loving, showing compassion, caring, all these things that are intangible but carry so much spiritual substance. God wants us to refocus on that in this time. And so we all know what tangible things are, but let's cover a few intangibles. You have a purpose and a calling. God wants you to be fulfilled, and that's something you can be praying about right now, just praying God about the purpose that he has for you. Your purpose isn't just be here to exist. Your purpose is here. God has chosen this day. He's chosen this hour for you to be here. Because you have something, you have a purpose. You have something to give to the earth. You have something to give in this season. Another intangible is your calling as a son or your calling as a daughter. Your inheritance is that you're a co-heir with Christ. Man, God, God has called you to be a co-heir to rule and reign with Christ. He's given you authority. And as we spend time focusing on saying, God, help me to understand that which is the kingdom of God, that which is intangible, great blessing will begin to flow. And out of that, all the tangible things will come. Amen? In Genesis chapter 25, verse 29 to 34, I want to talk about Jacob and Esau. I'm just going to read this passage and we're going to break it up. One day when Jacob was cooking some stew, Esau arrived home from the wilderness exhausted and hungry. Esau said to Jacob, I'm starved. Give me some of that red stew. All right, Jacob replied, but trade me your rights as a firstborn son. Wow. Give me something that's temporal. It's more important than eternal things. Look, I'm dying of starvation, said Esau. Okay. What good is my birthright to me now? But Jacob said, first you must swear that your birthright is mine. So Esau swore an oath, thereby selling all of his rights as the firstborn to his brother Jacob. And then Jacob gave Esau some bread and lentil stew, and Esau ate the meal, then got up and left. And he showed contempt, the Bible says, for his rights as the firstborn. You know, Esau lusted for the present or the tangible said, I don't care what it costs me. I want, I want that which is temporal. I want the tangible in my life. And God said, because he lusted after the tangible instead of the intangible, God said that he was a profane person in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 16. Those who sell out on the intangibles, for the tangibles, the Bible says, are godless people because they are not looking out for the eternal. The blessings and promises of God begin as intangibles. And that's what they are. The blessings and the promises of God, you can't, you can't touch them. They're intangible. But as you put your faith in them, there's great blessing 
that comes. Only when we pursue and embrace the intangibles can we make God a tangible reality in our lives and in the lives of those around us. When we put our faith in the intangible, it will produce or deal with the tangible things in our lives. And, and that is so important. And if we're going to grow in our faith, we have to understand this principle. The, the blessings and the promises of God's Word, okay, they, they are intangible. But if we, if we, if we attach our faith to that, it, it can bring transformation and change to our tangible issues of life. I want to show you that in Mark chapter 11, verse 22 to 24. So Jesus answered and said to them. Now, the disciples were amazed because they, they, they saw that Jesus cursed a fig tree the day before. And they came by and they saw that the fig tree had withered up because he said, you will not bear fruit anymore. And he, he cursed the fig tree and it withered. The disciples were amazed and astounded. And they said, Jesus, like, what is this? And Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. In other words, have faith in the intangible, okay? You haven't seen God, but if you choose to trust God, look what he says, for assuredly I say to you, whosoever. Are you a whosoever today? I mean, whosoever, I'm a whosoever. Are you a whosoever? Okay, I mean, hey, like whoever says to the mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea. So whoever says to their problems, okay, the the... The, the issues that are real that they can feel and touch. Whoever says to the problems, be removed and be cast into the sea, and doesn't doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he or she will have whatever he or she says. All right? We can have whatever we say. Therefore, I say to you, whatsoever things you ask for when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. Now, faith only comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And so that's why in this season, in your watchtower, as you're looking for God to speak to you and he begins to speak and you have your Bible open and God begins to open the word to you, faith is going to come and you'll be able to hold on to that promise and the word that God speaks to you that is really in a sense intangible as you hold on and attach your faith you can speak to mountains and they're going to move not only can you speak to mountains and they're going to move but when you need something and you ask for it believe that you have it and God will bring it if you can't pay your rent just ask for it believe God will bring it he'll do it because whatsoever things you ask for when you pray you believe, and you will receive it. Amen? I just wanted to encourage you guys today. I wanted you to be encouraged in your faith. I wanted you to be strengthened in your faith. And I want you to know that as you spend time self-reflecting, that God will speak to you and say, God, am I more concerned about those things which are temporal? Or am I also concerned, and am I more concerned about the things that are intemporal? Because those are the things that matter. You know, you can have all the money in the world. You have the nicest house and the beautiful car. But if you don't have healthy relationships with people, if you don't have peace with God, 
if, if you don't have that, there's, you don't have anything. Because those other things will pass away. But the intemporal will be stored up in heaven for your eternity. Amen? And so, God, we thank you, Father, right now for every person hearing this message, God. Father, that you're stirring in them right now uh, to begin to um, self-reflect and just say, God, am I really, really, you know, putting too much emphasis on the things that are temporal? God, speak to my heart. I want to have things in proper checks and balances in my life. I thank you, Father, for what you're doing, God, that you're stirring up joy and peace, and you're for me. And if you're for me, who can be against me? I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. And so in this season, God wants us to grow in faith. When we come out of this season, I believe that there's going to be a move of God that's going to do the sweep. Uh, and many preachers are already talking, but we believe that there's going to be a fresh move of God. So in this time, as we spend time, you know, focusing on the intangibles, faith is going to come up in our heart. I wanted to just read uh, uh, the testimony of John G. Lake uh, during the bubonic plague. God used him in a powerful way. And this is, uh, this is just a little, his little testimony about what happened during the bubonic plague. I hope you enjoy this as we close. John G. Lake and the Law of the Spirit of Life, his testimony during the bubonic plague. Now watch the action of the law of life. Faith belongs to the law of life. Faith is the very opposite of fear. Faith has the opposite effect in spirit and soul and body. Faith causes the spirit of man to become confident. It causes the mind of man to become restful and positive. A positive mind repels disease. Consequently, the emanation of the spirit destroys disease germs. And because we were in contact with the spirit of life, I and a little Dutch fellow with me went out and buried many people who had died from the bubonic plague. We went into the homes and carried them out. We dug the graves, we put them in. Sometimes we would put three or four in one grave. We never took the disease. Why? Because of the knowledge of the law of life in Christ Jesus, it protected us. The law was working. Because of the fact that a man, by the action of his will, puts himself purposely in contact with God, faith takes possession of his heart, and the condition of his nature is changed. Instead of being fearful, he's full of faith. Instead of being absorbent and drawing everything to himself, his spirit repels sickness and disease. The Spirit of Christ Jesus flows from the whole being and emanates throughout the hands, the heart, and from every pore of his body. During the great plague that I mentioned, they sent a government ship with supplies and corps of doctors. One of the doctors said to me, What have you been doing to protect yourself? Our corps have this preventative and that which we use to protect ourselves. But we concluded that if a man could stay on the ground as you have and keep ministering to the sick and burying the dead, you must have a secret. What is it? I answered, brother, the secret is the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. I believe that just as long as I keep my soul in contact with the living God so that his spirit is flowing into my soul and body, that no germ will ever attach itself to me for the spirit of God will kill it. And he asked me, don't you think that you have better use our uh, preventatives? 
I replied, no, but doctor, I think that you would like to experiment with me. If you will go over to one of those dead bodies and take the foam that comes out of their lungs after death, <laughs> then put it under a microscope, you will see masses of living germs. You will find that they're still alive until a reasonable time after the man's dead. You can fill my hands with them and I will keep it under the microscope. And instead of these germs remaining alive, they will die instantly. They tried it and found that it was true. They questioned that. They tried it and found that it was true. They questioned, what is that? I replied, that is the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. When a man's spirit and a man's body are filled with the blessed presence of God, it oozes out of every pore of their flesh and it kills the germs. Suppose, on the other hand, my soul had been under the law of death and I were in fear and darkness. The very opposite would have been the result. The result would have been that my body would have absorbed the germs and these would have generated disease and I would have died. You who are sick, put yourself in contact with God's law of life. Read his word with the view of enlightening your heart so that you'll be able to look up with more confidence and believe him. Pray that the spirit of God will come into your soul, take possession of your body, and its power will make you well. That is the exercise of the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. This is, uh, you know, just a little testimony uh, from a book by John G. Lake entitled Adventures in God. And this was a man uh, during that time of history who walked with God and saw many, many, many miracles because he understood how to pursue the intangibles and how it released the power of God in his life. And so I want to encourage you. I didn't show you that video so that you'll march out of your house and start hugging and touching people. That's not why I showed it to you. I showed it to you so that you will realize that faith is the opposite of fear or fear is the opposite of faith and that you, you can actually be in total peace in this season right now for God has not given you a spirit of fear but love, power, and a sound mind and also wanted to let you know that faith is like a muscle. The more you use it, the more it will grow. Amen? So be encouraged. I want to pray for you. So Father, right now we thank you, Lord, for your people, God. We thank you this week as we pursue you, God, as we spend time with you, Lord, that we'll begin to again focus on that which is intangible. And we thank you for the blessings that will come from that. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening. We hope that you enjoyed our message. If you are in the Quinty West area, we would love to have you visit us on Sunday morning at 24 Dundas Street West, Trenton, Ontario. Check out our service times on our website at atthecrossroads.ca.